In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Some Kind of Brown. I know this episode is a long time coming and if you've seen the title, you might be feeling some type of way about it. But before I get into that, I just wanted to give you some quick updates. If you haven't been listening to me, or if you have, you know I've gone through a hemithyroidectomy and I've just moved across up country. I don't know, whatever, from Arkansas to Michigan, and my poor body did not take it well. If you've been following me on Instagram, you can see I kind of tried to get out of the house, get used to the place I'm in, and I've finally gotten to a place where I can get back to this podcast. I'm not going anywhere, I promise. Speaking of Instagram and updates, I did just get to go to my very first powwow since I was a child, and let me tell you, that was one of the best experiences I've had in a long time. Because I'm in Michigan, there wasn't necessarily anyone from my tribe there, but the energy, the vibe, it was just like what I remembered when I was a kid. It was so exciting to see everyone in their regalia and watch the dancing. Oh, my heart just... Oh, I'm so excited to go, and I'm so happy that I went. My uncle, unfortunately, did not get to go with me. He is the one who's been reintroducing me to the Choctaw and Cherokee culture that I missed growing up, because he was dancing in a powwow at Penn State. But in June, I believe, we're going to another powwow together, and I am just excited How many times can I say excited? I don't know. Full of joy about rediscovering this part of myself. I only made it a couple of hours because we're working on my stamina, but I did not want to leave, and I think I talked about it for about six hours after it was over. It felt like coming home. Yes, I ate the fry bread. I've had fry bread before. I love it. It's delicious. Let's pretend it's healthy. It's okay. Funnily enough that powwow did remind me of my topic for this podcast. I've been sitting on it for a while, but again, it's a little bit of a heavier topic, and it's not something where I have a solution, where I am recommending a perspective change. It's really just a question that I'm asking myself and that I want to ask you who are listening, whether you're mixed, you're in a multiracial marriage, you're a child of transracial adoption, or you just want to hear stories from a mixed perspective. For whatever reason you're listening, this topic today is something I want us to think about, and maybe you can enlighten me. It's just something I think is worth thinking about. Before I get into that, I want to play for you a quick promo from a podcast that I recently found but I've been binging. I have to say I have a little bit of an addiction to true crime, and I have been binge listening to Evidence Locker by Noel and Sonia. It is so good, so well written, and if you like true crime stories without so much of the humor from a more respectful, quiet point of view, this is the podcast for you. I will leave a link to Evidence Locker in the description notes so that you can check them out. The Evidence Locker is a weekly podcast about international true crime. Made by hardcore true crime fans, it's somewhat grungy. Join us as we explore the dark corners of the globe. 
We've covered cases from Sweden, Brazil, Australia, and the U.S., to mention a few. Find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so people of color versus white people. I know the title's a little clickbaity, but what made me think about this topic is a reply on my last episode posting on Twitter. There was someone, and I'm not going to put them on blast or anything, don't go try to find it and jump on this person, but there was someone who brought up something I found very interesting. They are mixed, and they found that they resonate more with the white side of themselves because they see in this current climate that white people are the ones who are being discriminated against. Do I agree with this position? Not necessarily, and certainly my knee-jerk reaction was to have a, a very emotional anger, and I sat back and I tried to think about this person's perspective. Their reply just stuck with me for the last few weeks, and I've said it before, but I think that it's very easy to fall into the narrative of this cultural fight, this racism, this period of strange discrimination and hate crimes and just nastiness is a conversation with people of color on one side and white people on the other, with a few exceptions, but that's mostly how things seem to be looked at. We have plenty of people saying, oh, that's just like a white person to say that, or, and everyone else knows the stereotypes against people of color. I'm not going to get into that. But looking at the things happening in the U.S. right now, it's very, very easy to follow that narrative. All I personally have to do is think about my last name, which came from the family that owned my family, or think of the Trump rally, the pictures of the Trump rally that happened near me a couple weeks ago in Grand Rapids, Michigan, thinking about the disproportionate number of black people incarcerated versus the percentage of black people in our general population in the U.S., and even just things on YouTube make me think about this conversation. Because I was watching a video on New York Fashion Week, and they were applauding this designer for including so many people from different walks of life. It wasn't just people out who weren't white. It was people of all body sizes and types and different kinds of beauty, which I think is amazing. But when you have to lift up a designer and praise a designer for being inclusive, that means that the norm is not. Ideally, when we talk about diversity, we would include white people as well. Even calling people white in America is kind of strange because everyone comes from different backgrounds and white is just this lumped together thing that hasn't quite become American, but it's on its way to in this evolution of our country. And in the beginning, people did identify as Italian-American, Irish-American, German-American, and to an extent, they do. But if you ask random people, a lot of the times in my interactions with people, that doesn't matter to them. That's not a big part of who they are. They're so far distanced from that culture that they don't care. And their home culture doesn't matter. They are totally fine identifying as white. And for a long time in this country, even if they were German, Irish, that was the norm. When you looked at entertainment, when you looked at uh, things in the public eye, from politicians to just people in power, everyone 
was white for a long time again with a few exceptions the u.s is a very very young country and we have a history of a white dominant society and that has trickled down to now where we are celebrating inclusivity and diversity and sometimes that means excluding those people that were dominant i don't want to get to that place and i don't think a lot of us are at that place there are some people at that extreme but it's worth thinking about and checking ourselves so we don't get to that place where we're excluding them yes absolutely there need to be discussions about the crimes against people of color, what people have gone through in this country, the absolute struggle. I mean, the U.S. was built on the back and blood of other people, and everybody knows it. And because of the way the system works, because of how long things lasted, there are visible wounds in this country in different communities of color. But the dialogues that we're having seem to be mostly within our own community of people of color, people who have been disadvantaged, people who have experienced racism from other white people. Some of us have experienced racism within our own community of color. It's better to be on this side and stick together than face racism from the white people. That's what I see. And again, I want this to be a dialogue. I know it's going to be controversial. I want to talk about this because it's a strange idea to me and it might be just me being idealistic that I want to see, participate in, and hear conversations where white people are at the table equally and we're talking about how we can all lift up our communities. But even if I am being ideal, I recognize the fact that there are things that have to be taken care of before that conversation is even possible. In this conversation I had with the person on Twitter, we talked about being part white, because I'm part white, and so is the commenter. And I understand being frustrated sometimes with the demonization of white people. However, there is a certain amount of accountability that is there when you start talking about race. But I'm not going to take someone on the street, some random white person who I don't know if is racist or not, and be like, hey, your family owns slaves, your family has been racist, blah blah blah, and make them apologize or do some kind of penance for their ancestors' sins, you know? But if white people are going to join the conversation with us, they do have to acknowledge the history of this country, maybe their family's contributions, maybe the fact that they just benefit from the system by being here. And sometimes getting people to that point is very difficult because we, as people of color, as people who have experienced that racism and seen what happened to our families, heard the stories, gone through some of it ourselves, we are very emotionally attached to these conversations. These conversations involve our own personal wounds. We ourselves, we have bled for these things, so we get very passionate. And some white people are very, very intimidated by that. I think I talked about this in a recent conversation I had with Charmaine, or Mixed Girl Maine, from Militantly Mixed. By the way, just recorded an episode with her a couple weeks ago that came out. If you want to listen to that, I will also link that in the description. But we're talking about how white people can be allies, and what we need white people to be allies, and how much responsibility mixed people have to bring certain things to light. And we got into some other topics about colorism and things of that nature. You'll just have to listen to the episode to find out. But as far as it pertains to the discussion I'm having here, it's a strange place to be in. 
when there's a story or news story about a missing person, I want everyone to be concerned equally. When there's a shooting, when there is someone who died a crime, we see sometimes that not everyone is treated equally. We have like Brock Turners of the world who get off almost scotch-free for terrible, awful things. And then people of color get maximum sentences for small things. There are so many stories out there of things like that happening that it's just insane. I do want white people to feel like they have the right to speak out, but like Charmaine said in our episode, we want them to care because we're human. If they're going to be allies, we want them to care about us because we're human. So when someone goes missing, so when someone experiences a crime, when there's a hate crime, when there's a protester who's killed, when a woman goes missing or is raped and is brave enough to speak out, I wish we could get to a place where that person's skin color does not affect the general response from the population. We already have that kind of response in the community of people of color. In order to move forward and have a better conversation about race, in order to get outside of this people of color versus people who are white, I think there's a little adjustment that has to be on both sides. How much adjustment? That's up for debate. But all people of color want is for our stories to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, to be cared about equally. And what I'm hearing on the other side is that white people don't want us to automatically assume they're racist, to have an opportunity for us to listen to them. And, you know, sometimes I don't always want to give them that chance. Sometimes I'm guilty of clocking someone as racist before I even speak to them because there has been so much happening in this country that you get to a point where you can't help but think, is everyone who's white really like this? And I'm talking about the Trump supporters. I'm talking about the people who are crazy about this border wall, who are so against immigration, who follow the rhetoric that the only acceptable people are like the good black people, the good Mexicans, the good Asians, the people who have looked at me and said, oh, I like you. We're friends. You're one of the good ones. I don't know how to get out of this cycle of thinking like this. I feel guilty for thinking of it like this, but you know what? Maybe I shouldn't. It's a strange place that I'm in and I've got to this headspace for a lot of reasons because since moving to Michigan, I mean, my partner is 100% Dutch. Uh, right now, my friends are all Dutch. Well, we have one Czech guy and I don't really know if they count as white. Someone let me know. So far, the responses and the things that I've seen in the media just disappoint me. It's not about losing the ability to see color. I want to be clear about that. I have very strong opinions about people saying they can't see color. It's about accountability without excluding white people because it just makes everything worse. But how we're going to get there is beyond me. The only thing I can think of is if we all individually, as people of color, talk to our friends, talk to the people near us, educate them, make sure they feel empowered to know when they can stand up and stand up for people of color and when they should be a support to raise a person of color so that their story can be heard. And people of color sometimes need to hold back our first emotional response and see what's going on and see that person's perspective and see if they're trying to help and they don't understand how or if they are just ignorant because they haven't had that many interactions with a certain community. I've seen that before and I understand that immediate knee-jerk, oh my god, you're 
that's so racist, you're a racist person. Maybe we need to think of those opportunities when people say racist things. There's like a diagram. Are they being hateful? Yes. Walk away. Did they say this thing and they seem like they genuinely didn't understand that it was racist? Yes. Maybe ask if they understand what they said and continue from there. If they understand, they understand it's offensive, again, walk away. If they don't understand that it's racist, maybe educate them. And maybe if we do these things, we can fix things. We can work towards having more inclusive communities, more inclusive conversations. I don't know. Sometimes it just seems like too much to ask for. There are so many people crying out to be heard, for their stories to be heard, and I don't see very many people listening outside of these clusters of communities where we all kind of clump together to find rest and comfort on the internet and in person. Really, truly, honestly, I want to hear your opinions on this. Should we bother to bring white people to the table when we have conversations about race? How do we bring white people to the table in this conversation about race? Or do we talk amongst ourselves, come up with some kind of solution, some kind of unity, and then bring it to white people as a whole, as a community, as a movement? What do you think it's going to take to break down the systemic racism in this country, especially in the era where all races feel empowered to say what ever they want and are saying whatever they want. I could talk about this for a long time and I would love to talk to you about it. If you're listening, even if you hate everything I said, let me know. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at some kind of brown. I welcome any kind of discourse as long as it is respectful. Just let me know. I'm going to leave this conversation here for right now. Like I said, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at somekindofbrown. And if you want, you can email me at somekindofbrown at gmail.com. If you have any stories that not related to today's conversation, but any kind of story related to being mixed race and you want to share your story and you don't want to necessarily talk on here, send me an email, shoot me a message, DM me, let me know. And that way maybe we can read some of the stories of people who are going through things and hear more experiences about being mixed race because it's a complex thing and navigating the world as a mixed person is a crazy experience. Our promo today was again from Evidence Locker. Leave them a like review on iTunes and while you're at it, maybe do the same for me. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for the usage of their song Love Life and I will see you later with some more Shades of Brown.